Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. To lay it all down to God. That is what worship is. And here's the thing, when you get down here, See, most of us, we never get there. We're too busy yelling at God or petitioning God or telling God what we need, even praying, oh, God, you're awesome, you're awesome. But when we come to him, I mean, the thing is, if you came into the presence of God who created everything, you're going to fall to this position no matter what. I come to God like this. And now, in this position, I am in the position to have everything changed. I am in the position to see absolute miracle transformation happen. That's worship. Now it flows into praise. It flows into prayer. It flows into petition. But if I don't come to the God who is like this first... I don't know the God. I don't know God because he is huge. He is amazing. And when I get in like, oh, God, I just need this, and this is bad. You haven't encountered God yet. Sometimes this stops us from getting here. Now listen, today we're going to move to praise from worship. You have to have the foundation of what worship is before you actually get to what praise is. And I, I, I don't say this lightly, lightly, but the truth is, this could be the most important message that I've preached all year long. I really honestly believe that if you would embrace this lifestyle, everything could change and will change in your life if you will embrace the lifestyle of praise that flows out of true worship I'm telling you. Praise is the natural flow out of worship, and it changes everything. There's actually eight Hebrew words that we translate in Scripture as praise. Okay? And we're not going to get into all of those today, just a couple. But do you know most of those, a lot lot of them, are directly tied to music and singing? You think we just invented this whole, let's go sing before we do anything else. No, this is what praise is tied and linked to music intimately. If you don't like music, you're going to have to learn to because we're going to do it in heaven. Now, I don't know who gets to lead, whether it's the Gaithers, Darlene Check, or Keith Green. I don't know. We'll all take turns, except John. (laughs) Kidding. The truth is, music is so intimately tied. In fact, two of the words, one is zamar, the Hebrew word zamar, and it literally means to pluck the strings. Worship. Praise, I mean, excuse me. The other one, tahila, means to sing, to laud, to bless, to praise. Next week, we're going to focus on the vehicle of corporate worship. I can't overemphasize the importance of it at all. Well, I just worship by myself. I just praise by myself. Great. But there is a power that comes from corporate worship. There's a, there's, oh my goodness. And we'll get into that next 
week. We will never stop singing. That's worship has been, praise, music has been tied to church since day one. Since before Christ, since the, since the, they, oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. This week, I want to address two, actually three of the Hebrew words for praise that we, that we translate as the English word praise. And the first one is holla. Halal, actually, but my way's better, all right? Halal, the, that's what we say, praise. Hallelujah, Jah is the word Yahweh, God, Jah. So it's praise God, right? Those two, we, I kind of will use those inter, interchangeably. But halal, it means this. Now, I love this. The word halal, the Hebrew word for praise, this is the most common word that translates as praise in the Scripture, and it means to shine, to boast, to brag. That's what it means. It means, my dad's bigger than your dad. Oh, my dad could totally beat up your dad. He's the best. That was my, my, my son says that all the time to his friends. That's what it is. To shine, to boast, to brag. Oh, my God is the best. That's what praise is. Josiah and I, Josiah's my, my son, uh, we, go to, we go to the gym most days after school and, and, uh, and lift and we do a little cardio. And we were, the other day we were on the treadmill. It's not, not the treadmill, but the elliptical because it doesn't really matter. And we go to the locker room here in Ferndale. Um, Jake Locker, uh, he's a great, great man of God, loves Jesus. He's also a professional quarterback in the NFL and, and all of that. Uh, and and we're, on, we're on the elliptical and Josiah, he looks at me and he taps me on the shoulder and I take my headphones out and he's like, Dad, do you really think that, that Jake Locker could beat John Steele in an arm wrestling competition? And I'm like, yeah, of course he could, son. Are you nuts? Jake Locker was a professional athlete. And Josiah says, Dad, that doesn't even matter. Have you seen the size of John Steele's arms? He has been lifting weights for years, probably before Jake was ever born. And I'm like, that's why Jake could beat him. No, I'm not. I didn't, I didn't say that. But what was he doing? He was halaling, hallelujah, that's what he was doing. He was boasting, he was praising, he was exalting John. Because he knew something about John. Now, we'll get that, we'll get that worked out one of these days, and we'll find out the truth of the matter. But halal, it means to shine, to boast, to brag, my God is huge. He's so big. He's so amazing. He's the biggest thing ever. He's the best thing that's ever happened. Do you smell what God is cooking? That's God. Oh, it's my God. It's my. He's the best. You are amazing. You are huge. I love you. I love you. You could beat Jake Locker in an arm wrestling competition. That's who God is. But that only flows I have, if I'm not here. I don't know who he is. But what happens is when I come before God, and I shut my mouth initially. I have to shut my mouth because when I go to God, what drives me to God? Oh, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Listen, when I go to God, and just because he is, God, I worship you, and I gaze upon his beauty, and I say, oh, oh my. Oh my God, <laughs> honestly, 
then the halal flows right out of that. Oh my, your biceps are huge! Am I right? That's what it is. Because now I know, I've, oh my goodness, God is so much bigger and better and stronger than anything I've ever imagined Him possibly to be. I can't help but boast in Him. And here's the problem. We're so busy, hallelujahing our problems. I boast in my poverty. I boast in my weakness. Oh, it's so bad. My problem is so huge. My sickness is so bad. My bank account is so small. Oh, and what am I doing? I'm praising. I'm halaling something that never deserved the halal. And so what is the natural outflow of that? I praise the problem. But when I come before God in worship, just because he's God, oh, he's huge. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter what this problem is. It starts to go strangely dim. Like, and this is, what, this is what Satan does. He tries to get your attention and get you to focus on problems, on people problems, on your problems. Oh, our finances are so... Everybody thinks they're poor. Why? Because we're so focused on it. We praise our money. We make all of our decisions. Oh, I could never do that. I couldn't afford it. I would never do that. I couldn't possibly, well, I can't do that. And what, why? as a result, I praise money out of my mouth. And so when the opportunity comes, and I know, oh God, you, you want me, you're calling me to go on this missions trip for too much. It's way too much money. Hallelujah money, not hallelujah. But when I gaze upon him in worship, it doesn't matter what the enemy says to me. It doesn't matter what, the, what other people are saying. Oh, man, J J Jake Locker could totally beat John Steele. I have gazed upon John Steele. There's no, are you nuts? Have you seen the size of his arms? So when I gaze upon my God, the problem's just like, I mean, Wow, that's just silly. Why would, I, why, would I ever, why would I ever be scared about that? Why would I ever be concerned about that? My God is huge. My God is so big. Here's, here, is, here it is in context. Psalm 63.2. I want to get to this. I have seen you in your sanctuary. I have gazed upon your power and glory, your unfailing love. It's better than life itself. Oh, how I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I will hallel you with songs of joy forever. You realize depression, anxiety, lack, poverty it can't even exist in worship you may you may start heading towards worship in it but you have you get down like this because when i'm in this moment and i'm gazing upon the glory of god oh my i've gazed upon your power and glory do you see the progression why getting worship is so important because now all of this stuff my lack or i don't even want to call it my lack it's just a lack thing it's whatever it doesn't mean anything because well, God is so much bigger than that, and he, of course, he could do whatever he wants here because I've gazed upon it, and so I'm going to praise him forever. It flows out into songs of joy, not in songs of, oh, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> oh, God, you're huge. I praise you. I exalt your name. You're, you're immeasurably above more I could ever imagine. Oh, God. 
That's praise. That's hallel. That's bragging about my God. Somebody can say whatever they want. I'm like, are you nuts? Do you even see my God? Oh, my goodness. Spend a second in his presence and all of that stuff goes away. That is Hallel. Worship sees no lack ever. None. God is the best. All right, that's the most common word, Halal. Hallelujah is praise God. Now, the second most common is the word Yada. Halal, Yada, all right? I love the Hebrew language. It's the best. The word Yada, most commonly translated as praise, literally means that... Oh, I need something here before you throw it up. Go ahead. Don't throw that up at me before we throw it up on the screen, all right? I need this. And now I want to preface this by saying I would have brought my, my, my Glock or my rifle, but half of you would have been offended and the other half would have been too excited, all right? So I settled for something, something less, all right? That's a sort. But yada, the word praise, it literally means to throw, to shoot, to give thanks, to confess, to cast. It's warfare. God is huge. Hallelujah. Yada. It is amazingly powerful. It will destroy your pretensions. It will destroy your your lack of vision. It will destroy your depression. It will literally change everything. That's what praise. It is warfare. And you notice... All of these words have nothing to do with me shutting my mouth. That starts in worship. And it flows in. Now I better speak it out. All of the praise comes out of my, I don't just think it. I speak it out loud. Because faith comes by hearing. I got to start talking. I got to start singing it. I got to start saying how big my God is. I got to make it loud because until then, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do this. Hallelujah. 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 Come here, Zeb. No, I'm just kidding. He would do it too, so that's the thing. I have to tell him, no, no, actually. Speaking aloud, confession. Do you see what he's saying? That word is to confess as well. Confessing is a form of worship. I get before God and I'm like, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. What am I doing? I'm praising God. And that confession, in, in that sin starts to diminish. My, my view of sin, it disappears. That's the presence of God. That's when I worship, when I praise God. My sin awareness goes, oh, that's nonsense. I'm the righteousness of God. Thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. The yada is so powerful. Psalm 42.11. Here's here's where yada is used one of the times. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Listen, soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed in me? Put your trust in God. I do, I'm being a little overdramatic, but that's what I'm doing. What am I doing? I'm saying, stop it, soul. Stop wallowing in the mud. Stop wallowing in that stupidity. Stop wallowing in reciting that nonsense. Put your hope in God. I will praise my Savior. Yada. It's warfare, and it changes. It changes your perspective. Trust me. It changes everything. I get before God. You are God. I gaze upon his beauty, and now I can't help. Oh, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. I will praise you. I will praise you. I will praise you. Before I get into my key text here today, 
one more, one more area that this is used. Uh, if you've ever read the book of Leviticus, have fun reading it to your children, all right? It goes through in very descript terms how to slit the throat of the animal, how to pour its blood, what to do, and all these things. It's like, ah, we'll save this till high school. Okay? One of the things they would do, they would offer a sacrificial lamp for the sins of the people. They would have two of them. And the Levite, the high priest, it says they would put, he would put his hand on the two goats and he would yada. He would confess. He would praise. And what happened is in that moment, through that confession, through that praise, it placed the sin of the nation onto, that, onto those animals. And, this, and it covered over a multitude of sins. There's something profound that we don't have time to get into that happens when you praise God through coming to him in worship and then praising your sin diminishes and your praise rises up. It's warfare, folks. It is amazing warfare. When you praise, there is a profound sense of your sin disappearing and your awe for God. Wow. He's big. Have you seen his biceps? He could do anything. That's my God. Okay, let's get down to the nitty-gritty, all right? We're going to, uh, to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1 through 29. First of all, remember, remember, remember the pattern here. I come to God in worship first. It flows into praise. And through praise, the miraculous happens. That's when life changes. All right, so here we're going to read uh, quite a bit of verses here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 through 29. This is King Jehoshaphat in the scripture. It says this in verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. The ites are always bad, folks. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at Hazan Tamar. This was another name for En Gedi. Joseph was terrified. Excuse me, Jehoshaphat was terrified. Joseph would have been too. <laughs> Andy would have been too. You would have been too. No, I'm such a man of God. You would have been terrified. All the nations are coming to destroy you, and you know they're going to hang you by the city walls, and they're going to kill everyone in your nation and make you subservient. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news, and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Press pause. What is fasting? It's worship. I told you last week, the word fast means to shut your mouth. He did this for a few reasons, I'm sure. Number one, when I fast, I'm humbling myself before God. What am I doing? I'm just going to focus on you, God. I'm going to deny these things that, I, that my flesh is constantly wanting, and I'm just going to wor worship before you. Some of us make a fast into my petition, and I'm going to beg God, and I'm going to go on a hunger strike until he answers. That's not a fast. A fast is, God, I humble myself before you, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut and just gaze on you to see who you are. And he also, I'm sure Jehoshaphat called that fast to get people to stop talking about the problem. Shut your mouth. Just shut up. Because our tendency is to tell everybody the problem and nobody the answer. We halal the issues every day. That's all we do. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. There's five armies. They're all ites. And I don't like ites. And they're, they're bigger weapons than us. And they're terrible. 
So Jehoshaphat is like, hey, we're going to fast. Keep your mouth shut. Because we want to see what God, who God is, not who they are. Come on. I'm just talking loud. All right. He stood before the, uh, okay, verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are God who is in heaven. You, uh, you are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. I've gazed into your presence. You're huge. Your biceps are huge. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whatever we faced a... Uh, we are faced with calamity, such as war, plague, or famine. We can come and stand in your presence in this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let your, our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of our land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you. That's worship. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Malachi. There we go. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march against them, you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziza at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still. And watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Press pause. Woo! We got our word. We pressed in and we got a word from God. Amen. Woohoo! We like that. That's legit. We want to do that, right? Get excited. Who, who presses in? You, want, you get a word from the Lord and you're excited, right? Okay. The most natural thing to do is, all right, we got it. Let's party. We nailed it. Next verse. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. He just got his word. What is his first response? Not to say anything, but to lay on his face and worship God. You just are. You just are. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood up to praise the Lord. See, praise flowing out of worship. To praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. On the, on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting with the people, the king appointed the Sangers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. 
Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. And they just sang it, and they just sang it. Out of worship. We know who God is. Believe Him. Just keep believing in Him. We're sending the, prayer te- the praise team out. We spent time in worship. We have our word. We know who God is. All we're going to do is give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. That's the battle plan. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of them had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, where the battle had taken place, which got its name because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It's still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem with the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded into the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, fear came over the whole of them. The result of worship, praise. This is the most powerful evangelistic tool you could ever utilize in your life. More powerful than shouting on the corner of the street. More powerful than one-on-one, let me share my testimony. The most powerful thing that you can do as a believer is do this without an agenda. Flow into, oh God, you're huge, and watch God destroy all of your enemies, watch God pave all of your ways, lead you on paths of righteousness for his namesake, so much so what will happen is the nations will be like, whoa, there is a God. I keep trying to kill that person, and it just ain't working anymore. But what do we do? Oh, no. Let's, this is how I fight my battles. <laughs> this is how I fight my battles. God. Oh, you're huge. Your biceps are bigger than Jake Locker's. My God is huge. Whatever. The valley, the plunder of the blessing will be so big you couldn't even carry it all. If you will embrace the lifestyle of praise and worship, victory and blessing and shining the hallel, Victory, oh my goodness, you want victory? Be a, be a worship and praise person. Here's the pattern. There's a problem. Let's ignore the problem and look at God for a while. He's not ignoring the problem, okay? Because you are, that's the lie we bought into. I gotta fix the problem and then we'll talk to God. I need to spend time in his presence. And then the problem won't even look like much of a problem anymore and, I, and he'll take care of it. He'll give me divine wisdom. He'll destroy the end. Whatever it is, he'll do his thing. 
I need to be a worshiper. And then praise flows out of there. The Hallel, the Yada. Oh, we're doing warfare now. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valley. You want me to stop, don't you? What am I doing? I'm not saying my problem is huge. What, oh, will I ever do? I just cannot figure it out. Will you? Oh, my God. I just made that up on the spot. My eyes, I'm like, oh, there's a problem here. Forget that for a second. My God. I'm not even thinking. I know it's hard. Easier said than done. Ignore the issue for a while. Don't just drag your issue into the presence. Now, he's going to, he doesn't forget about it. He'll take care of it. Enter the presence. Oh, God, you are. You are. Oh, look at those biceps. <laughs> this guy, oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're nuts if you think that's an issue. Stop bringing your agenda into the presence. Let the presence set the agenda. And see the blessings flow. See, see the praise flow. I let it flow out to praise. And just acknowledge who God is. And sing it out loud. And speak it out loud. Oh, my God is huge. He owns the cattle on a thousand. Oh, he's awesome. He's amazing. His biceps are the best. Miracles follow worship and praise. Not fear and retreat. Swing the sword. Worship, praise, this is going on in heaven every moment. You look in Revelation chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. It says, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting there, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one on the throne. And then they start saying, you are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Oh, God. Worship, praise, circumstance is just not, is, is just minimal. He is huge. He is a big, big, big God. Mountains will move. Circumstances will change. Everything will change if you will become a worshiper flowing into praise. Amen? Stephanie, I'm going to have you come up, please. We get, a, we get some glimpses of the, end, of the end times and what happens with, when it all shakes down and, and we don't actually have it all figured out. But one of, the, one, of the, one of the verses we have is in Joel chapter 3, and it says, In those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did. What happened in the valley of Jehoshaphat? Praise. When I stop focusing on my God and praising Him, I enter. I, this is where I start running away and doing dumb stuff because I'm so focused on stuff and money and, and all that stuff. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. I don't seek first all these things because what does that do? It sends me into the wrong valley. The valley God has for you is a blessed valley, a full valley, a valley of praise. 
So I'm going to ask us to stand. And you're going to bow your heads because I don't want you looking at my pretty face or my big biceps. And, and we're going to go into the presence of God through praise, through worship. We're going to sing, I exalt thee. And I want you to silence, silence any of your, your thoughts of lack, silence any of your thoughts of what you're scared of, of your depression, of your anxiety, of your sickness, of all these things that are trying to get you to hallel them. And we're going to go hallel Yah. And so let's just focus on the Lord for a couple of minutes and praise Him. a challenge for us as we get ready to leave. This last Wednesday, we call it Ash Wednesday. Maybe around town you saw people with an ash cross on their forehead. It's just a, it's a thing some churches celebrate. It's a season of fasting leading up to Easter, the resurrection, which is why we're all alive. <laughs> It's just an idea of, of, of laying down our lives in worship, right? That's what fasting is. I'm going to worship. Now, this fast is usually one that's associated to food, different things like that. But I would like to challenge us and call 
Wacom New Life, from this day until Resurrection Sunday, to go on a worship fast, not fasting from worship. But I just want to simply challenge you to do this. And I'm going to set the bar real low for you. Five minutes a day, you can do more than that, where you come before the Lord, and whether you lay down on your face, whether you get on your knees, whether you lift your hands, but the idea is this. When I go into the presence of God, I start and I say, Lord, I lay my heart down. I lay my life down. I lay my wants down. I, I tell him, I lay all these things down. And sometimes I'll lay on my face. Put some worship music on. You can pick whichever kind you like. John Steele will set his album on the back. No, I'm just kidding. You can play the Gaithers. You can play whatever it is. Just start, play that and spend five minutes. Start with worship where you're coming without an agenda. And from that, when you meet the presence of God, start singing his praises to him. Start with five minutes a day. Every day between now and Easter Sunday. And let's see how your perspectives change over the course of the next 40 days. Are you with me? I lay my life down. I worship. I find perspective. And out of that, I praise. The things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen? So, Father, I bless everyone here in the name of Jesus to lay their lives down, to seek the kingdom, to be part of the, the church that gazes into your beauty and meditates in your temple. We give our focus we give our plans, we give our lives to a holy God. And we do it through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Use your weapon. You struggle with, with thoughts, you struggle with depression, start to worship, start to praise. That's your weapon. So let the Hallel go to God alone let all else fade. Amen? So God bless you. Enjoy this season of praise. You will find so much joy there. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.